This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Ciao, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me as we head over to the Italian Riviera, the coast of Liguria, almost quite literally, as my guest director and producer of the new film Luca, Enrico Casarosa and Andrea Warren, talked to me from a terrace overlooking Portofino with church bells ringing and the waves gently rolling in the background. I, unfortunately, am not on that terrace. I'm still here in my little studio. But until we all can get there, Pixar's new animated movie, Luca, is as wonderfully and beautifully close you can get. You can almost smell the Ligurian Sea and see the immaculate animation of the typical pink, orange, and red houses of the region and taste that pesto. Luca borrows a lot from director Casarosa's own childhood, who was born and raised in Genoa. The film is about two boys whose secret identity is actually sea monsters, and they're having a wonderful summer together in a small village called Porto Rosso. The film is about feeling different and finding your true identity, the power of friendship, and the magic of summer. Underdogs have to look out for each other, right? Underdogs! This is gonna be the best summer ever. We'll ride down every road. See the whole world together. It'll be amazing. But there's just one thing. Whoa. Uh -oh. whoa, 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 wait! Did you see that? No one can find out. Please don't take my sunshine Where did you boys say you were from? <laughs> Luca director Enrico Casarosa worked in the art department at Pixar on films including Ratatouille, Up and Coco. He directed the Oscar-nominated short La Luna, and with this, Luca, his directorial feature debut at Pixar, he really got to go home. Producer Andrea Warren worked on Finding Nemo as a digital painter. She was production manager on Wally -E and produced the short film Lava. In our brief time together, we talked about the themes of friendship and coming of age in Luca, how difficult it is to animate pasta, and the Pixar cultural trust, and how they helped to get those Italian hand gestures just right. Listeners, when we get to talking about that, the gesture that I'm referring to is the buono gesture that kids often use to say that a meal was delicious. It's literally poking your index finger into your cheek. You can watch when we talk about this on our Instagram, at PopCultureConfidential. I started by asking Enrico Casarosa about the special meaning this film has for him 
and what he wanted to show visually from the region where he grew up and spent his childhood summers. I, of course, this love letter to the specialness of Cinque Terre. Uh, the, this land is so special because there's the sea and there's the mountains. There's really not a whole lot of room very often, and especially in the Cinque Terre. I always like to say, actually, they look like the towns are hanging on for dear life. They just crawled out of the sea and they're hanging for dear life on the rocks, right? So that. That, that might not have been too far from where the idea of what if there's some sea monsters here. But um, it's so special. The terraces, the, the centuries of work, there's something very inspiring even on a human level. Uh, we have so many beautiful, you know, between uh, flavors, the vineyards, the pesto, the basil, the, the lemons, the olive oil, right? It's just a really beautiful land. I grew up as a little fish every summer, so I really wanted to convey the beauty of the water and the, those deep greens and blues that are different because it goes deep. So those were, uh, you know, where I started just because it's so beautiful and stuck in time also. These towns do look I almost out of a fable because they just, you know, haven't changed a whole lot out of, you know, there's nowhere to develop anyway, right? And that, that is, was really at the core of it. But I wanted to also do it in a way that was very expressionistic and very painterly. So we brought a lot of, um, the, the, you know, we called it the end of the artist because it's really just fun to see the imperfections and the watercolory uh, feel. So we got a lot of inspiration from actually painted and 2D uh, artwork. Uh, now, Andrea, my listeners, um, they, they know quite, because I got the pleasure of talking to Pete Doctor a while back about the Pixar Cultural Trust, and I saw that there is one here as well. Can you talk a little bit about what they did for this film? Absolutely. Um, obviously, Enrico is Italian, so with us, that's, you know, for this film, that starts there. But I think, you know, we didn't want the burden of making sure that we got the representation right to rest only with Enrico. And so um, we hired consultants to help us with getting Italian language into the film in an appropriate way, you know, finding ways that it still makes sense, but that we can represent the culture that way. We wanted to, you know, we're basing this on Enrico's memories, but we wanted to hear other people's memories, other people's impressions, so that we could kind of have a bit of a mix so that we could really cover the feeling as much as possible. So yeah, I think it's always important to do the research, um, to talk to other people. We sent teams, you know, now that we're here, I can say over here, um, to Italy to observe the place, to feel the place. We sent our, you know, directors of photography uh, in terms of camera and lighting, you know, to observe how steep it is and how to get the lighting right and how to get the texture just right on the stucco. So there's a lot of um, aspects to it, visual, um, the script, and just the memories and, and the fun that we wanted to capture of Italy. Yeah. One of the things you did is you sent key people over several times to test the food, which, which seems like a <laughs> god-awful job, it's and horrible. I'm volunteer anytime. Okay, good to know. <laughs> good to know. But Enrico, I've talked to many animators about water, which you have beautifully in this movie, but let's talk about that food. Um, the pesto <laughs> looks amazing. What is the process of actually animating that type of thing? Yeah, it's really... Um... The f having them having had the feeling of it and having tasted it probably helps everybody involved because <laughs> I think they can express it, you know, uh, joking aside. I think that is a, p a key uh, part. And yeah, it is the best part of the job. But um, then the next part, you know, in art, 
we just find the, you know the look so we look at a lot of reference we're very specific for me the the important things were like well this is not going to be just pesto it's going to be traditional stuff so we put string beans and potatoes mm -hmm. which is actually a traditional uh recipe um it, it, those little touches for me are are key and then you know the beautiful little basil they did such a beautiful job at making that nice and shiny so i think that part number one was just finding the specifics and, and designing it and then actually the, the the final look is actually very challenging because we need to simulate the noodles the noodles are actually so complicated that <laughs> we have a technical department that usually deal with effects and are dealing with difficult splashes and water, right? That everything that is a special effect. The pasta is a special effect. <laughs> so they actually have to simulate and to make it real, they have to let it fall as a simulation into the plate. So it's actually quite painstaking to make <laughs> it look right. But what was wonderful then, it looked tasty, right? The, the beautiful green, <laughs> they got the, just right. But then we could also simulate this messy, wonderful <laughs> dinner that they have to express how much the boys enjoy it, right? I feel in filmmaking, so much of, of, of the fun is how our characters react to something, so to they convey the feeling of something. So it was so much fun Looks to have delicious. these <laughs> noodles fly all over the place. <laughs> Now, with so many great Pixar films, Luca can be a wonderful point of identification for so many people, for a queer kid, for a minority, anyone who really feels outside. Um, Enrico, what was important for you in that message? Well, I, I, I think you just put it so well. I, I, that is my biggest hope, um, that, that, really can, can, that the viewer can come in and project their own sense of difficulty and difference that they have dealt with, dealt with in, in their own um, younger life when they, they needed to, uh, that little push toward confidence, toward showing all of yourself. Um, I, I'm so happy that that really became a part of the DNA. I started with that experience of me and my friend feeling like goofy losers, and that, that was our own version of it. We were nerdy and and and, and so it, the, like many of us, yeah. <laughs> right? So I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think we were quite lucky, but that that was our way. But that feeling is real, and it's the it's it's this thing that that yeah, I'm sure it must be so amplified for many people with more diverse, uh, um, you know, identities. So I'm really happy that that's part of it. I also love that we have a protagonist that's curious mm -hmm. and wants to, to, wants to know. So, cause I keep on thinking about if we're afraid of something, if we feel there's something that is other, curiosity to me seems like the perfect antidote to, to not uh, mm -hmm. allow for, for barriers to come up, for too much fear to come up. So. Um, we, you know, it's not, you know, the, I didn't know it would go so far as a metaphor at the beginning, <laughs> but I, it's so lovely that it, it's, you, that you felt the that way. The fish out of water. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, very much so. Andrea, you said something very poignant I read, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, but you said that those very years of coming of age that we all hope that we can look back on ourselves with empathy. Mm. Pixar is so good at just that, at looking back at our childhoods. How do you do that? It's like an office philosophy of being able to see, <laughs> take the best parts of your childhood and see that with empathy. Look, I mean, I, I'm a mother now. I think growing up is hard. And I think with that adult perspective, you know, 
you, we all carry those feelings of insecurity. It's amazing how palpable they are. I mean, I still remember a time I tripped on the stairs in junior high and someone laughed. I mean, you know, like of all the memories that I have, like that one is just visceral. I mean, we all have our own little moments and versions of that. And I think you carry that feeling so much, but I think as, as an adult, you finally can look back and just kind of have this tenderness for that kid who is growing up and trying to figure it out and just recognizing, you know, that's hard. And, and, um, and I try to remember that with my own kids, you know, to remember the empathy of just yeah. being tired and having a hard day at school and that that's, that's, a, um, that's a hard day. You know, like as an adult, you can feel like it's just school, come on, move, you know, but at that, in that moment, um, trying to have the empathy um, for that, I think is important. I love that. I also, it makes me think a bit about um, how much our goofiness and the things sometimes we're afraid of is then what becomes, what makes us different, what's interesting about us, right? Yeah. Like, so having some uh, love for, you know, uh, this either silliness that we thought was making us so bizarre and people <laughs> laughed at us, well, actually, then it becomes part of your life and you can embrace it. And part of how you connect... And to keep that innocence. Yeah, and yeah. part of how you connect, how you find your tribe yeah. is if you are authentic and you show that part right. of you and they show that part of them, that's where the, that real, true connection comes from. Now, Enrico, I understand that you have two very different um, inspirations. I've read Stand By Me and Hayao Miyazaki. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about how they've inspired you. Yeah, and we could put probably Fellini in the, in the middle of those two, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And um, Topo Gigio. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, Topo Gigio is a good one. Um, well, yeah, like, I, I just feel what, what's lovely about Stand By Me, and I think I brought up a lot, so a lot, uh, Breaking Away, which is another wonderful American movie that really delves with this kind of friendships and growing up. Um, they really delved into this same topic of like, what is it about those friendship in that age that is so important and, and key to finding ourselves? That was what I got really about Stand By Me. And also this sense of beautiful soundtrack, right? That the, the songs become part of these kind of summer movies. That's something I also wanted to do with this, right? That the radio's on in the summer and you hear those beautiful songs. Mm, two Mina songs you had. Yeah. Yeah, right? Not, 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 uh, not too bad. Yeah, we're so, we're so happy about that. And um, so there, there's that. And then, yeah, this very different inspiration. I think it's a bit in my DNA. I grew up with his, with his cartoons here in Italy. We watched a lot of them. Uh, I was watching his TV series before his movies in Ayao Miyazaki. And this love for the world of kids again right that he, he, he really uh, has this sense of wonder with kids and the way they look at the world i feel in his movies you become a kid again and that is such a gift i feel that that is so worth chasing and also this lovely um attentive uh look at nature and the details of nature that was the other thing that i absolutely love that i wanted to bring it into luca so I have one more minute. I have to ask you about the hand gestures that you use. Did you use, my son uses this one when he thinks something's good, which oh, is, yeah. That, yeah. That is a good um, one. We should have used it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. here's the, it goes back to the cultural trust, actually, yeah. this question, yeah. because that was one of those things that I was like, well, I remember this. I would do this. And then I was like, well, I, don't, I can't trust that. Because also, they become very, very subjective and even uh, depends where you're from. 
And we, uh, you get a little bit of the color here yeah, with, the, the with the bell. <laughs> Sorry, like in the movie. Uh, and um, but so we had this wonderful symposium with our colleagues in Italy. So they were part of our <laughs> cultural trust, and it was so fun to have them all give us their takes on certain gesture. Tell us the ones that feel too stereotypical or too yeah, used, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, that was one yeah, we yeah, talked about. Yeah. Or, or you would use it. One of our favorites, Julia says, Julia, my name is Julia. She does Julia, a little of this, yeah. Which is like, you know, no, you got it wrong, be precise. Uh -huh. um, so it was such a wonderful day. We got such inspiration. Everybody everybody had their own gesture of sending someone to hell, which yeah. became a little bit, what's wrong with you, stupido? Um, <laughs> it was so fun. We still watch the video and um, it makes us laugh. Because on a Zoom call, there's like 20 of people doing things like that. So which is your favorite? Um, ooh, yeah, I think the Julia yeah, one stands out as a lovely, lovely, very very precise it's such a good character moment for her you get yeah, such a sense of her from that moment julia yeah. don't mess with that yeah like know? don't get that wrong <laughs> yeah. thank you so much they're asking me to wrap up thank you have thank a you. wonderful time you too yay bye, bye. Ciao. nice to meet you ciao abbronzate tutte chiazze belli rosse un po' paonazze son le ragazze che prendono il sole ma ce n'è una La luna, tintarella di luna, tintarella tu la te, tutta notte stai sul tetto, sopra il tetto tu mi gatti, e se c'è la luna piena, tu diventi candida, tintarella di luna. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business, when you need it, from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.